On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, availability does not equal suitability. So just because they're interviewing you and you have the opportunity or you get an offer, it doesn't mean that you have to accept and doesn't mean that it's a good fit. You are interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Our quote of the day. Be extra as fuck. Someone is looking for exactly what you have to offer. Lady, I'm going to say that again for the people in the back to make sure you really hear this and let it seep into your spirit. Be extra as fuck. Someone is looking for exactly what you have to offer. Lady, today we are doing this episode about how to stand out in a job interview, how to get the career that you're looking for, because we recognize that this is an important conversation for our community. T, you want to tell them what came up for us and why this is why why we recognize this need? Yes, 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 yes. I will talk about it. Talk about it. Okay, ladies. So basically what happened was a couple months ago, Dom and I had opened a role for a podcast operations assistant because our team is growing and the podcast is growing and we are hiring. We need some help. And so we put this call out on social media, on LinkedIn, you know, all the places. And we had a lot of interested applicants, which we were very grateful and honored to have. But one of the things we noticed during the interview process as we were reviewing folks' resumes and their cover letters and their writing samples, we noticed that a lot of folks, although we we saw some exceptional candidates, there were a great deal of candidates that looked like us, okay, that were not very detail-oriented, that did not show themselves in the best light. And as we were reflecting on the, the process of like, you know, sifting through the applications, we were like, Hold up. We need we might need to have a conversation with our community to get them hip on what we noticed and how they can improve their experience as candidates as you go out and interview for different jobs and opportunities. And so we really wanted to present this episode as a fun way to talk about how to stand out in an interview process, how to, you know, improve your resume, your cover letter and all that good stuff because, you know, we are professional career women and we have accomplished some things and we definitely have a lot of value to offer. So we hope that you find some value in this episode, but that is the why behind this topic. It really is important because if we had that experience and I can only imagine what other people that don't look like us might think, or not that we really care what they think in that regard, but when they're, when they're the employer, right. And we're not showing up in the best possible light, it really could impact the opportunities that we get, right? So if you're one of those people and you're like, oh my gosh, nobody's hiring me. I'm not getting the opportunities. I keep keep getting rejections. This episode may be for you. Listen, this episode is for you. This episode is for everybody. We, you know, we look at the demographics of 
our listeners, of our audience, and we have a number of college age listeners. And so as you are getting out there on the job market for the first time, this episode is for you. We want to make sure that you, that first job that you land right out of college is a great job. We know that during the pandemic, so many people were a part of that great resignation. And now some of you are getting back into being in the office or wanting to be back in the workforce. And so we want to make sure that we are setting you up for success. Now, Don, before we dive into the juicy conversation, because we're going to get there soon, I think You know, we have a lot of conversations on the podcast, right? And I'm realizing that we're going to have some of our faithful listeners. Hey, girl. Hey, lady. How you doing? But we also have some new people. So I think this will be a really great opportunity to talk about why we're qualified to have this conversation. So Dr. Dom, I'm going to let you start off and just brag on your credentials. Let people know about your schooling, your your amazing accomplishments and all that good stuff. And then I'll go after you and then we'll we'll jump into our, our sections and how we organize the episode. Well, thank you. I am Dr. Dominique Broussard, a licensed psychologist, a college professor and podcaster. And, And over my many years of experience, I have had to interview to get into graduate school programs. I had to interview for my pre-doctoral internship interview for my postdoctoral fellowship and interview for the various jobs that I have held over the course of my career. And because my career has been centered in academia, I understand what it means to go through like a day long job process to create a job talk. All of those things that are involved in landing the job. But also being within academia, I have also sat on search committees. And so I have been on the other side of the table where I have interviewed folks and I have looked over candidates packages and I have been on that side of saying, I don't know if this person is right for this role, right? Being a professor, I have looked at graduate student applications and said, you know, I don't, this is an excellent student. We would be, we, we should be making sure we get this student in our program. And there's been other applications where I've said, I don't know if this student is ready. Or I wonder if this student has mentorship. So I have seen it from both sides. And I want to make sure that we are setting ourselves up, setting our community up for success. What about you, T? Amen. I just have to say, I love hearing you rattle off your experience because we're so personable and we talk about all these different topics. We don't really talk about our our credentials. So hearing you talk about that, I'm just like, yes, bitch, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So for me, I have my Bachelor of Science in Business Administration with a focus in marketing, and I have my Master of Arts in Conflict Analysis and Dispute Resolution. And in addition to that, when I was in college, I stalked the Career Center. So like, I learned a lot, a lot of this as a, as a business major, but I was always in that office trying to get my resume just perfect, trying to build my cover letter. I also did various conferences where I was in student affairs for a long time. So I did various conferences where you would literally go on these interview loops. So I was interviewing constantly. I probably interviewed for different roles hundreds of times at this point in life. And then also have been on search committees for various positions, whether it's like entry level roles or leadership positions in various companies. And so again, like Dr. Don said, I had that experience of seeing what what conversations are happening behind closed doors after a candidate, you know, has their interview, right? And they drop off their resume and cover letter. In addition to that, being able to work my way from student affairs into Silicon Valley, the tech world, right? And so I will say that the the conversations that we're going to have today, this is all subjective, right? This is coming from this is coming from women who have a lot of experience, but this is all our pers- is based on our personal experience. So if something resonates, take it. If it doesn't, leave it. It's all good. Yes. This is not official career advice. It literally is subjective from our personal experience. So we do believe that you'll find a lot of value from this, but it's important to note that 
This is from our experience based on what we've accomplished and what we've seen in our, our respective industries. See, I just need people to pause and really understand the various industries that you have been in. Mm. And I think it's important as we're also having this conversation for people to really get that there is a way just because you start in one role Mm -hmm. in one industry does not mean that you are stuck in that industry until you retire. That there are ways to take your transferable skills into industries that suit you better. And and I need folks to understand that about you, that you have been able to do that. And that's that marketing degree coming into play, right? Come on, come on, because it's all about marketing and storytelling, right? So lady, what we did, what we're going to do for you is we've broken this episode up into sections. So what we're going to do first is we're going to talk a little bit about some of our experiences and what it what it actually means to be extra as fuck, right? We're going to talk about that in the context of interviewing and job searching and all that good stuff. Then we're going to talk about common sense that may not be so common, okay? We're going to cover this because, again, we're not. We're, this is not like a preaching moment. We're not trying to put people out there, but it's a moment of like leaning in, right? Like we're leaning in and this is all out of love for those that it resonates with, right? So we want to talk about the common sense that may not be common. We're going to talk about cover letter best practices, resume best practices, and then we are going to talk about how to stand out in the interview process. So you need to stay until the end to get all the juice, okay? So let's talk about extra being extra first, Dom. Now, I wouldn't consider myself to necessarily be extra all the time, but when it comes to interviewing, I show my motherfucking ass, okay? Like people remember me in interviews, but I learned that from the beginning. And so when it comes to being extra, I have some props today. So if y'all are on Patreon watching the video, you're going to see the props. All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you truly enjoy. So stay tuned, listen very closely for those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into the conversation. When I was younger, I feel like I used to shame myself for being sexual and enjoying pleasure. But the older I get, the more comfortable I am with communicating my needs and being honest with myself about what brings me pleasure and joy. Now, if you want to escape into a world where pleasure is your only priority, you have to check out Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. You can find stories about that intriguing coworker with a British accent or having a sneaky link with your fine ass yoga instructor. You know, drove from Insecure, right? Well, his real name is Sharonis Jackson and Bay Bay. He has his own series on Dipsy. And let me just say, it's my favorite. That deep voice, the moans, all that. Okay, you got to go check it out. If you can hear my voice, we have a special offer just for you. Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash herspace. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash herspace. Again, that's dipsystories.com slash herspace. Lady, you literally have nothing to lose and all the pleasure to gain. Hey lady, is something preventing you from achieving your goals? Well, as a licensed psychologist who has her own therapist, I know the strength it takes to decide to start your therapy journey and how frustrating it is when you cannot find a good therapist match. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. They will assess your needs and match you with a licensed therapist who you can begin communicating with in under 48 hours. This is a confidential and convenient online experience where you can connect with your therapist via message, phone, or video. Start your therapy journey today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com cultivating. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot slash cultivating. But the first, the the first letter in extra, of course, is E, right? And for E, that just means be enthusiastic, right? So show an interest, right? Be exciting. Let them know that like you're here to, you're here to show out. Like you're here, you're interested in the role. And I think people should pick up on that because energy is really contagious. It's important, right? Especially in this world of 
being in the virtual space. A lot of us are now interviewing virtually. I know I have been as of late since I'm getting back into the workforce after, you know, being a, you know, being a mom and having my first year and a half being at home. I've noticed that like a lot of the interviews now are virtual because of the state of the world that we're in. So being able to show that enthusiasm across Zoom, you don't got to be unnatural, but just show that you are excited. People shouldn't be like, well, God damn, this person's boring. You know what I mean? Like ideally you're applying for roles that excite you. What do you think about that, Dom? Any, any additional tidbits on being enthusiastic? I think that that's, that's the key, right? Is that People feed off of your energy. And so even if it's a job that you're like, you know what, I'm applying to this position because it's in the neighborhood that I'm trying to be in. You know, it's the salary that I want, like whatever the reason is, even if it's not a job that you are like dreaming of having. You show up with that enthusiasm because people feed that feel and feel that right. If you show up like I'm just here to get this job, they're going to they're going to sense that and you're not going to get the job. There you go. And that takes us to the X, which is highlight your X factor. Right. And so when you think about the X factor, right, that's like your special talent. What's that thing that sets you apart in the marketing world? We call it your secret sauce. Right. What is that thing or what are those attributes that you bring to the table that make you unique, right? So when we think about this particular tip, right, Don, I think about ways in which I can highlight those in the interview. So I like to have visuals, right? Like I like to bring visuals into the interview. So I'm going to show y'all something in just a bit that's right here on my desk. I'm ready to show y'all in just a minute, but being able to actually show them, not just tell them, right? Like show them and talk about that in your cover letter, right? In your resume, you can weave it in there as well, but of course in the interview process. And we're going to give you examples for what that looks like in action, but that is the X. Highlight your X factor. I mean, I I, I feel like I want to see these props. I know I'm supposed to be waiting, but like I want to see these props. Like, and that's the thing, right? It's like, because the way you set that up, right? That is what like now I'm drawn in, <laughs> right? And, and so, and maybe that's your X factor, right? Maybe, maybe the props that you have aren't really significant, right? It might be a highlighter or some post-it notes. But the way you presented it, that's your X factor. Mm-hmm. And so, lady, as you're listening, because I know there was, I'm sure there's somebody out there that said, well, I don't think I have an X factor. I, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Pause. And really think about how you are marketing yourself, right? How would your best friend describe you, right? Think about the person in your life who is most proud of you, who is always gassing you up. Mm -hmm. How would they describe you? What would they say about you? That's your X factor. And how do you bring that into the job? Yes. Really quick, Don, that makes me think about how, you know, those people that just bring good energy wherever they go, they bring that optimism. People want that kind of person on their team. So you may be thinking like, oh, I don't have anything. But girl, you know that your friends are always like, Lisa, Mm, Cheryl, you always bring the girl. You always lift the vibe and the energy of the room whenever you come in. That's something that you can definitely maneuver into the job interview so that people can understand that, oh, this person is bringing that in, right? So that takes us to the T, which is be tactical. And basically for this, this just means having a planning mindset, like preparing. You should ideally be going into the interview and there shouldn't be many surprises, right? Like you should have an idea. Girl, Google is my best friend. I will Google anything, okay? Any and everything. When it comes to whatever role I'm applying for, I Google what kinds of questions do people usually ask for this type of role, right? Like, come on. Ideally, you would know who you're going to be interviewing with for the day. Go look them up on LinkedIn. Look at their background, right? Think about commonalities and different opportunities for you to bring something up. Of course, we're doing this all in a genuine way. We're not being fake or phony, but look for opportunities to see a connection. Like, oh, if I'm interviewing with this guy named Brandon today and I see he's from Philly, okay, I'm from Philly too. So I might have an opportunity to bring something up in the interview, right? Like that, that relates to that. So I can kind of build that connection. So being tactical is like just planning and being prepared for what's to come in the interview phase and process. I love that. When I hear tactical, I hear strategic, right? Mm-hmm. 
that you are thinking, okay, if these are people that I want to potentially work with, what are things that I need to know about them? What are things that I need them to know about me right up front, right? And how can I convey that in this interview? And what can I learn from them in this interview? Because it's not just about them getting to know you. It truly is a two-way street Mm -hmm. because just because they like you, just like in a relationship, we know that sometimes our partner likes us more than we like them. And that's when we have to politely say, it's not you, it's me, and really mean it. And so in the job interview, in the job search, you are trying to find out as well, are they a good fit for you? A to the men. And girl, it makes me think about a quote that my pastor used to say, Back in the day, and he used to say, availability does not equal suitability, okay? So you, come on, we're going to say it one more time. One more time for the people in the back. Availability does not equal suitability. So just because they're interviewing you and you have the opportunity or you get an offer, it doesn't mean that you have to accept and doesn't mean that it's a good fit. You are interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. And that takes us to the R, which is refreshing. For me, I believe that I ideally like to come into the interview, of course, as my authentic self, but I, my hope is that I will be a breath of fresh air. And what I mean by that is I am presenting something new, whether it's a fresh perspective, whether it's a statistic that's related to the role. I think about us, Dom, for the podcast operations assistant role, having someone come in that maybe, now I would say tread lightly on this. It really, like you really want to know who, who you're interviewing with if you ever present an opportunity for improvement or growth that the person has. But I personally, my style is that if someone were to interview with me and they were to just bring up a new perspective, something I haven't thought about or a way to engage our audience in a new way, that's going to be like, ah, oh, like it, it allows me to have an aha moment and associate that with the candidate who's interviewing, right? So that's what I think about when it comes to being refreshing. Yes, I like that. I like that idea of when you walk away from that interview You want your potential employer to say, we need to have her on our team. Like, we want her, right? Mm -hmm. That's the impact that you want to leave. And when you are refreshing, that means that, like you said, you are a breath of fresh air. You are that something new that they were looking for. There you go. And that takes us to the A and extra, which is anecdotal. So be anecdotal. Show, don't tell. Okay. Show, don't tell. So what that means is, you know how someone asks you a question and they're like, Dom, tell me about a time when you had a conflict with a colleague and you're like, and someone answers and they're just like, well, you know, if I had a co- if I had a conflict with someone, I would do X, Y, Z. Listen to the question, right? Because I didn't answer the question. I, I'm thinking about it and talking about it in a theoretical way. They're asking for an example. When is a time yes. when? And if you're being tactical, you would already have that example in your bag, right? So when you think about showing, not telling, it means show them in real life. When have you actually done this before? So that they can realize that, oh, they've done this before. So that means in the future, they might do this in the role. So being prepared for those behavioral questions, I personally believe that everyone should have some type of career folder or accomplishments book or something where you are tracking all of the work that you're doing in your current role so that when you do begin to interview for other opportunities, you can pull from those instances. Let me just tell you, I've had situations where I didn't do that. And then I'm job searching and I'm like, God damn, what did I do in my last role? I forgot. I know I, I know I have an example, but I can't think of one because who the hell is going to remember that years later after the fact? So right now, lady, in your career, whether you're a student or a seasoned professional, you should ideally be jotting down those instances of when did I have a, co- a difficult conversation with someone? How did I navigate that? When did I improve a process, right? What did I do? Like, what is that example? So writing down those examples now can definitely save you time in the future. I love that. And what I think about with that is having a journal, right? Mm -hmm. Now, lady, you can go on our website and check out our Cultivating Her Space podcast journal, and you can buy that journal and use that journal 
for a multitude of things. But mm-hmm. in this specific example, we want you to use that journal to document your employment journey. Yes. Right? What I have learned to do is to journal about all the things, the good things, the bad things, right? Because what happens is, is that exactly what you pointed out, Terry, you're going to be on an interview and someone's going to ask, tell me about a time when you resolved a conflict with a, with a superior, right? Mm. Or tell me about a time when you took initiative, that, yes, that's a good one. Tell me about a time when you received feedback and what was that feedback? If you've been journaling about it, then all of those things may be pretty easy for you to access because one, by journaling about it, you're documenting what happened, but you're also fleshing out your feelings so that when you're in the interview, your feelings and emotions attached to the example don't come out, right? Because we know these are touchy questions, right? So if someone asked me to talk about a conflict that I had with my supervisor and I haven't worked through those emotions yet, it might be pretty hard for me to contain those emotions in the interview it might be pretty hard for me to come from a neutral space as I'm presenting the information. And then the message that that sends to my future employer is that I have some unresolved issues and I might not be suitable for this job if this is a job where we are constantly giving feedback Mm. or we might be at odds and having differences of opinion. Come on, Dr. Dom. See, I never even thought about it like that, but I love I love the therapist and psychologist approach that you added in there. That's really important because people can pick up on energy and you start talking about that one instance and your eyes start to roll in your head. You know, it's just like the subconscious stuff that you yes. say, oh shit, I didn't really do my work around this. Like it's still lingering. So that's a really good point. So Dom and I are going to answer two questions before we dive into common sense that ain't so common, okay? And also, if you want to go to the website and get your journal, girl, it's herspacepodcast.com, okay? So the first question for us that we're going to answer is, what's the most extra thing you've done to stand out in a job interview? All right. So just to refresh our memory, extra is enthusiastic, X-factor, tactical, refreshing, anecdotal. All right. So what I recall, the most extra thing that I did in my most recent job interview. So shout out to my folks who might be listening right now. Okay. I think I had just finished doing my job talk or... What is a job talk, Tom, just for people that may not know? So a job talk is a presentation. And usually you may be given, a, depending on the role that you're applying for, you might be given a prompt ahead of time and you have to present based on that prompt that they provide you, right? For certain faculty roles, a job talk is where you present your research so that folks have a sense of what it is that you'll be working on if you were to come to that institution. I love it. Okay. So in the interview, So I had finished the job talk and people were going around asking questions. And then someone asked, well, and it's a standard question. What's something else about you that we haven't asked yet? Right. And my response was, I am unapologetically black and I am here for black people. Something to that effect. Yes. I love that. I have to ask. Is that something that you would have felt comfortable saying in the beginning of your career for a role? Or is it something that you have become comfortable with because of who you have evolved to be today? I would say I've become comfortable with that because of who I've evolved to. Okay. And I also know that earlier in my career, mm-hmm. one, we were in a different time period. Mm, okay. 
And some of the roles that I was applying for earlier in my career weren't, I don't want to say they weren't specific, but I mean, essentially like this role that I applied for was specifically around being a black psychologist. Right. And so context is also important. Yeah. Right. Right. And so, (laughs) and so I decided that was going to be my extra, right. That was throughout the interview, throughout the job talk, I was very enthusiastic about what I was presenting. Yeah. I, and I made sure that I like in that last thing, I hadn't even it wasn't something I had planned to say. My hope was that throughout my presentation, I was communicating that I am unapologetically black. Wow. I love that. But I wanted. But when that question came up, that was just what was on my my heart at mm-hmm. the moment. Like, I need y'all to know yes. that this is who okay. I am. This okay. is what you're going to get. And. But I also recognize that part of that goes back to what I was saying before about you interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. Right. Like I needed them to understand Mm -hmm. that that's who I am. That's how I show up. And if that would be a problem for them, then they can rule me out as as a candidate. Right. Mm -hmm. I fucking love that. I love the the unapologeticness of it. I love the is that if that's even a word. I love the boldness. I love that so much because like you said, you're vetting them just as well as they're vetting you. Now, my example, I'm going to get my little book that I created, but it's not like Dom's y'all. However, this is back when I was applying for a grad assistantship. And I was at this conference where they were interviewing thousands. Like you would literally go from table to table. I think it was called MAPSI on the East Coast. And you would go from table to table interviewing people. They would be interviewing candidates all day. So I was like, yo, how the fuck can I stand out? So I wore this brightly colored dress. You know, I'm dressed in general, but I had this bright dress that would stand out. And then I created this book. This is extra as fuck, y'all. So it's this book, Dom. It's called The Inside Scoop on Terry Lomax, right? Girl, I went to Michael's. And got all this stuff. And what I did was I, I love it. Thank you, girl. It's so and they were like so into it. People were like, Oh, can I keep this? And what I have on the inside is like pictures of me doing res life stuff. So me as an as an RA, like yep. doing programs with my students, like actual pictures. So it's not like, oh, this is theoretically she could do this. It's like, no. I do this. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've worked at several different universities, uh, University of South Florida, University of Maryland, Eastern Shore, Kutztown. I put all of my IDs in here. I got my diversity and inclusion statement. I mean, it go. I go in and I was like, oh yeah, they're going to, somebody going to hire me. Okay. I'm going to stand out and someone's going to hire me. And I think something like this for at that stage that I was in in my life, like it made sense for me to do that. I wouldn't do that now for my job search just because I have a lot of experience. I have other things that I can use to like highlight my X factor. But for me at that time, that was super useful and it worked. (laughs) I had a lot of different offers. (laughs) I love that because I also think about the context, right? The setting that you're in, in student affairs, that's what they like to see, right? They they like the colorfulness. They like the craftiness. And Mm -hmm. because what that also shows is that you're willing to think outside the box to meet the need, right? I love that. I love that. Oh. All right. So now we we <laughs> we talked about the, the standout thing in a good way, in an amazing yeah. way, right? Yeah. But oh, all right. Worst job interview ever. All right, girl. Let me just go back. We're gonna go back, okay? I was I was like fifteen or sixteen at the time in Philly, trying to get my first job. There was this program called Work Ready. Like for students that were trying oh, to, yep. you know, yeah, work ready program, and I remember going in for a mock interview. So I was always like trying to do my business business look. So I always had a good suit in my closet. You know, your Sunday's best. You know how we do, y'all. So I went in for this little mock interview, and I remember this guy. I don't know if my fifteen year old self was trying to impress him or what, but I remember being in the interview with this older black guy, and he was like, some, he asked me some question, y'all, and I said the, I mean, I don't. I try not to judge myself these days, but I said the dumbest thing I ever said in my life in the interview. And I was like, I think he said something like, tell me something about yourself. I wouldn't know from like your resume or something. And I was like, yeah, now I'm getting ready to laugh. Okay. 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 So I was like, yeah, I'm a really nice person. <laughs> Hold on, I'm sorry. 
Okay, okay, okay. Let me get it together. I said, I'm a really nice person as long as you don't get on my bad side. Y'all, I said that in the interview. <laughs> you said so you're going to catch these heads. And, I'm, not, and I'm a lover, not a fighter. So just front. And I'm, a, you know, I'm over here crying. I'm a lover, not a fighter. So I'm over here front and talking about something. You know, I'm a nice person, but only if you don't get on my bad side. And I was like, why the fuck would I say that in an interview? But let me just say, lady, that shows that there's growth, okay? So you can be, you can start off wrong yes. and, and and messy and then you can evolve okay so that that is my worst experience now i don't know if you could top that girl because that was super freaking embarrassing yeah girl that, <laughs> oh, oh my god yeah girl y'all go ahead and laugh at me it's all good oh girl okay <laughs> but you were 15 right? i was 15, you were 15. Child. i was 15 okay 15 didn't know you know he was like please, he's like please don't yeah don't ever say that in an interview i was like oh okay and at least it was a mock interview and not a real thing, yes, right? Child. And I think that's why, particularly if you are currently a college student, take advantage of your career center on campus Please. because they do mock interviews all the time. Mm-hmm. And those mock interviews will change the game for you because yep. there are little things that you might be doing, like talking about. I'm a killer, but don't push me in the interview. And that is just not going to fly in the real interview. Oh my God. But at least, at least you could say it in the mock interview and they can give you that feedback, right? Yes, girl. Yes. Or you can show up in clothes and, you know, and I now kind of take issue with how we judge folks based on their presentation, just because I know about folks who are struggling Mm -hmm. and don't have access to certain things. And so like, I think about people who might not have access to like a dry cleaner or an iron and ironing board Mm -hmm. and they're showing up for an interview and their shirt is wrinkled. Right. And they get judged for that. And so, but I think about, if you have access to participate in mock interviews, mm-hmm. those folks who are conducting that mock interview will hopefully be giving you that real feedback so that you take those lessons and learn from those mistakes and don't show up in your real interview like that. Yeah. Now, mine is not. No, mine is not. So I cannot remember exactly what I answered, but I just know that the answer was not the right one because I did not get the job. So I went, I was in either high school or college Mm -hmm. and I was like, I need a job. And I was like, I I need to get, figure out something. Let me try retail. I remember applying to work at this shoe store on Canal Street in New Orleans and got there. And in the interview, they they asked two questions, one about my availability. And then the other question was about they gave an ethical situation. Right. And it was like, if you saw a coworker stealing mm-hmm. from the petty cash. OK. What would you do? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, the answer that they're looking for is that they want you to tell a manager because they shouldn't be stealing, right? Of course, of course. I feel like I was like, well, I mean, I might talk to him. My response was something like, I might talk to him first. Or, I mean, if they said they were going to put it back, like something like where I was like really trying to take into account the person's personal circumstances and forgetting that like, you can't do that on, exactly. on, on a job. You oh can't my do that. Gosh. I was like, I ain't no snitch. <laughs> right? Like, I'm no. And these people might need it. Like, they needed more than this billion dollar company. Like, exactly. Oh but obviously, that is not the ethical thing to do. And so I did not get that job. Because I think the other part of the thing that messed me up was I think they asked about availability. And I might have said something slick, something smart about. Mm-hmm being in college and yeah. having a life. And so like, you know, like I didn't say it exactly like yeah, that, but basically yeah. my response was telling them you ain't my I'm top busy. priority. Like, I'm busy. I got stuff to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think responses like that, well, one, obviously like the first response to the ethical question was yeah. not, that's just not what you do. Right. Yeah, yeah. And 
And also, I know that like I also did not wasn't taking that job seriously. Right. It was like. I mean, I'm in college, like I need some extra money, like. I, I like I'm, a, I'm yeah. I, I like this shoes. Cute. Like I want the discount. Like exactly. let's okay. just get this going, right? This job cute or whatever, but I feel you. That's so funny though, because you were like, yeah, I, I feel you. Like yo, I'm considering the person's background and what they're going through. All right, lady. Well, hopefully you were able to laugh a little bit with us as we answer those questions. And what we're going to do now is we're going to cover very quickly some common sense that may not be so common. So if you are listening to this and you're like, duh, Terry and Dom, just know that we're saying it for a reason. Okay. Saying it for a reason. We done seen some things. So the first part is, again, this is common, right? Common sense. You would think, do your research. So understand the role that you're applying for, the company, what they do, what they don't do. I know for me personally, I am super organized in general, but in, like currently I use Asana, but back in the day I was using like Google Drive. I have a folder for each of the companies, each of the interviews. I'm like meticulously going over all my content to make sure I understand the role. I understand what the company does. I understand who their competitors are. Just I, I have a cheat sheet for each of the interviews that I have because it's important to do your research because once they find out that you don't, like we've had people apply for you know our open roles, they don't have the right title. So it's like, Paying attention to detail is super important for the roles that we're hiring for. If you don't even know the job title and you get that wrong, it just shows that you, it, it, it says to us that you don't care and you're not taking the time to do the research and understand what you're applying for. And although that may not be the case, you may be rushed, you may have a lot going on in life. It's That's first, not what comes across. Exactly. And it's a first impression. So do your research. Yes, I, I, I whew, wholeheartedly second that because I think about also. If you do your research, you might also learn that, okay, maybe this job is not the job for you. And so even though I'm in need of a job right now, based on the overall culture that I'm picking up from just from reading, Mm -hmm. this might not be the place for me. Yeah. So I'm going to skip applying to this one, right? And because it might be like I think about like I've worked at private schools. Some of them have a religious affiliation. If that's something that's an issue for you, that might not be the place you want to apply to. Very good point. So the next one, know what's important to the company. So that goes back to the example that I was just giving. If you are applying for a Catholic school, right? To work at a Catholic school. Understand that there are going to be certain requirements that you may have to adhere to. Mm -hmm. And if that's not something that you want to have to follow, because depending on the Catholic campus, it may be that there's mass that you need to, that you're expected to attend, right? If you aren't Catholic and that's not something you feel comfortable with, then that that place is not the place for you. Dom, you hit the nail on the head with that. I'm just going to go right on to the next one because you covered it. The next one is network. And I truly believe that you should network before you need something, right? And the thing about networking, we've done an episode about this, I believe, and we talked about how your net work determines your net worth. And I have learned that even more. Like that is that is just true. That is like, facts right there. I've learned that and I've seen it in action, even at this stage in my journey. And the thing about it is people often talk about, oh, it's about who you know. And yes, yeah, about who you know, but it's also about who knows you and what they're saying in rooms when you're not around. That's super important. And let me just tell you, I, now that I'm at the place that I'm in in my career and I'm job searching this time around, six years ago when I was job searching, I didn't like really make a name for myself in the tech industry. I didn't know anyone and I struggled, y'all. The rejection was so real. And this time around, people want to recruit me. People that I know are looking to create roles for me. So it's very different. So your network is so important. And let me just say, network before you need something. Don't just network to connect with someone to ask for something. Try to network now and build those connections now so that when you do need something, it doesn't come across as... She always reach out when she needs something, you know what I mean? Or like, this doesn't seem genuine or like you have the spirit of desperation because you're like, oh, I really need to get this opportunity, right? Yes. And I would just add to that. 
that networking includes for our college students who are listening. Network means on your campus, know your professors, particularly within your department, because those are the folks who are going to be writing your letters of recommendation. And so, oh, I struggle with when students reach out for a letter of recommendation and either one, they were not active in my class. Or two, I had them for one class and haven't heard from them, don't know anything about what's going on with them. How can I write a letter of recommendation or reference for you if I don't know you? That is spot on. That's why I used to always see the professor and make sure they know my name and they knew who I was at the beginning of the semester and I would see them for office hours. So y'all take notes. Go see your professor. You better make sure they know your name. Okay. All right. So that takes us on to the next one, which is tweak your resume and cover letter for the given role that you're looking for. Now, I told you that we had the podcast operations assistant role, right? Now, we did happen to get cover letters and resumes that say, I'm a, you know, customer service representative excited to be on a new team. And it was just like, that's not what this is. That's not what this role is. And so when you do things like that, it just shows people that going back to research, right? Not doing your research. So I would say what I like to do is I like to tweak the resume based on the industry. So if I'm applying for like several, let's say customer success manager roles, for the most part, I'll keep it the same. If I notice that in their job description, they use something very specific by way of the language and what they need, I'll add that to that particular resume. So it is pretty tedious. It is a lot of work. I have a lot of files in my Google Drive, but guess what? That's how you get the offers, right? People realize that's how you get the interviews and the offers when they're like, oh, this person is paying attention. Oh, wow. They're, they're offering exactly what we're looking for. Well, they put a lot in the job description that you can repurpose. Exactly. And and that's the thing is really paying attention to those details. Like I said, I am a professor and a psychologist. When I've applied to roles, when I've applied to faculty positions, my resume or my, because it's academia, my curriculum vita, my CV, I switch it around to highlight my teaching roles, right? My cover letter highlights my work as a professor, my work as a researcher. For work for positions that are within the college counseling center, then I sh- I make sure that the cover letter focuses on my role as a psychologist. And that the that my CV or my resume highlights the clinical roles that I have held. And oh. so I have multiple documents. I have one that might just be pretty general. I have one that might just be chronological. And then I have several to match each role that I hold. Right. So that it's easy to pull from. And then I constantly update all of them. So that each of them stays accurate because at the drop of a hat, you never know when you need to submit things. Just because you're not on the market does not mean that someone won't be coming calling for you. Okay, you just might get up and recruited or... No job might be dissolved, okay? Like it happens, right? It happens. It happens. It happens in these streets. It happens in these streets. In the pandemic. It happens. Okay. It happens. The panorama is making all kinds of things happen, okay? <laughs> it sure is. And so that takes us to our next tip of knowing your value and what you bring to the table. Because I am constantly updating my CV, I know what value I'm bringing to the table. If you keep a journal or some other record of your accomplishments and any new roles that you might take on, that means you know the value that you are bringing to the table. So when someone asks me, well, what am I bringing to this role? I can rattle off a list of things that would set me apart. And spot on, Donna. I want to say, lady, as we're going over this, I want you to remember 
to not despise the days of small beginnings because I think back to my first resume. I still have my first resume and it's so cute because I'm like, oh my gosh, I was just starting and I was putting things on there that I would never put on my resume today because I have so much more experience. But I think about transferable skills. I think about back when one of my biggest accomplishments for myself was putting my siblings, like registering them for school because of the you know upbringing that I had and because of how life was, that was a huge accomplishment for me in college to register them for school and being up at the school, I forgot what it's called, but the, the place where you go to register them and send in their birth certificate. And the other big accomplishment I had at that time in my life was like cooking a Christmas dinner by myself. Like that, that was a huge thing. And so don't despise the days of small beginnings. If you haven't become who you hope to become, that's okay. You still have value right now. Yes. Yes. And talk about how those moments give you the skills that will apply to that job today. Let the church say amen. Are you preaching? I love it, Dom. That takes us on to our next one, which is be true to yourself. And my thing is don't present a representative that you can't continue to represent. Don't be putting on a mask. Should we say that again for the people in the back? Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't present a representative that you cannot continue to represent. So don't put on a mask and put on this front like, oh yeah, this is who I am. This is what I do. And then you're like, I know this shit ain't real. Like I really can't, this is not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not excited about this. I can't, I can't fulfill the expectations that I said I could. Cause then you get in another predicament that we might have to do another episode on, right? We don't want y'all to be in a space where they let you go during the probationary period. Right. So it's really important to be true to yourself. Like Dom said in her interview, she unapologetically black. So that's suitable for you and you feel called to do that and you're in that space in your career and the time is right and it feels right, then do your thing. That part, that part. I think the next thing is, the next tip is read, 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 read the fine print and be as detail oriented as possible. That fine print is real. Okay, so you're applying for a job and in the fine print, they might say, oh, this job is 25 percent travel. Or. This job requires. 50 percent being on your feet. Now, I just made some random stuff up, but I'm but I'm pointing that out so that, you know, like you have to read the fine print because if that's not something you're able to deliver on. Mm-hmm. You need to know that before you even apply. You know, what I just thought of too, Dom. One thing that I'm seeing these days as I'm searching is on target earnings. And so there's a base salary, but then there's like a one target earning. And girl, I didn't know what that meant at first. I Googled that shit. Like just go use Google, use your network. And so when I saw on target earning, I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. If it says the on target earning, let's say I'm just going to throw out a number. Let's say it's like 250K, but they're saying that the base is like 100K, right? Based on where you are in your career, it's like, oh, that, that's a big difference, right? So just understanding yes. what the numbers mean and reading the fine print is so important. And being detail oriented is also part of that as well, because you want to catch every little thing that they are putting in the job description. You want to pay attention to the questions that they're asking, because you want to make sure that you're answering the question that they ask and not something else like the example Mm -hmm. that you gave earlier. Yes. So then that brings us to the next tip. Be open to feedback and ask for feedback, right? Yes, yes. When I prepare for interviews or, and even before I prepare for the interview, when I am getting ready to submit my materials, I have someone look over that because I want them to give me feedback. And what I try to do is have someone who's not in my field look over it. So I, I'll try to get two people, right? At a minimum. Someone who's not in my field, because if they can read it and understand what I'm trying to communicate, then I'm doing a good job. And then the person who's in my field can read it and look for the, the finer details that the search committee really might be looking for that I might need to fine tune. 
And I have to be open to receiving that feedback from them, especially if I want to get this job. Yes, I love that, Dom. And I I am like, I subscribe to this idea of never being too proud for qualified feedback. And I say qualified feedback because all feedback is not created equal. Some people just want to give you feedback and they haven't even done what you're trying to do. So it's kind of hard to get feedback from someone who hasn't bought a house if you're trying to buy a house. You know what I mean? So when I say feedback, I think that when you don't get accepted for a role or chosen for a role, I love to ask for feedback then. Like, what can I do to be better? Even at this stage of my career, Dom, I am always open for mentorship and feedback about speaking or workshops or whatever I do because I'm a lifelong learner. I always want to get better. So we do a lot of times, lady, have to put our ego, you know, check our ego at the door and get that feedback, right? The other thing that I, the one thing that I'll also add to that about asking for feedback in the end when you didn't get the role Mm -hmm. is that sometimes what you might learn is that it wasn't about you. Mm. That it was something happening behind the scenes, something else that they needed or that they were looking for. Because what I've seen happen as well is HR says that you have to post this, you know, you have to post this position and you have to interview five candidates. Right. Right. Even though you have someone in house who you want in that role. Yeah. And so what happens is you might be extremely qualified. And did nothing wrong in your interview. Mm -hmm. But they had the role in mind, already had the role in mind for someone else. And so when you get so when you ask for feedback, know that sometimes they'll say that it wasn't about you. You did a great job. We needed to move in a different direction. That's a good point, Tom. Very good point. I don't like when people do that, of course. I think no one is a fan of that, but that's very true. That is a pro tip. It does happen. That is a pro tip for sure. So now it is time for us to dive into the cover letter best practices. So let's just dive right on in. The first is to highlight skill sets that are most applicable to the position. Yes, please do. If you are applying for head chef and you have had jobs working at as the maitre d or waitress right you might talk about how those experiences some of the skill sets that you need you might want to take that and Put that in the cover letter about how your experience in these roles in the restaurant industry make you qualify more so than some other candidates for this head chef role. Now, the next one here, I want to just talk about formatting. And this, again, there's, I was going to say there's no right or wrong answer here, but there is a wrong answer. But I will say this is my style and this is what I do. It's not you know, the Bible, but this is my style, right? So I like to start off the cover letter by thanking them and showing my interest and actually stating my interest. Then I go into why I believe I'm a great fit. I then like to use bullet points personally. And I give examples like I have in my cover letter, I have up on screen over the course of my career. I have, and then I give three examples of what I've actually done that speaks to exactly what they're looking for. And then I close it off with a thank you and sign off. And my personal, I know cover letters are annoying. Let me just say that I get it. Cause I know a lot of times people are like, Oh, roll my eyes. I ain't doing no cover letter. I don't feel like doing it. Once you get a good template though, you can tweak it. And you're good to go. So I really do believe that submitting a cover letter every single time, that's just my best practice because it makes you stand out because most people ain't going to do that shit. They're like, this is too much work. I don't feel like doing it. So I would say, do your cover letter, take the time, create that one template, and then you can tweak it over time. Yes, I agree with that. And I, I would also say, you know, as you are doing that, make sure, of course, that you always proofread. As you're changing templates, make sure that you proofread. Make sure that as if you're applying for multiple positions, that in that cover letter, you make sure that if it's going to X university, that you put X university and not Y university. The content may be the same, but you go in and you tweak it, make say some things about X, say some things about Y and make sure they go in the right place. 
The last thing that we want to add is, again, making sure that you thank them. Thank them at the beginning. Thank them at the end. All right, ladies. So we still need to talk about resume best practices, and we still want to talk about standing out in the interview process. However, we know this conversation has become a bit longer than usual. So what we're going to do is we're going to chop this up and make it a two-part episode. So you make sure you tune in next week for the rest of this conversation. It's going to get even juicier. Okay. We're saving the best for last. So make sure that we see you next week, girl. Same time, same place, cultivating her space. And you can visit our website, herspacepodcast.com to get the resources. We're going to add some templates and actual copy that you can copy and paste for your own journey. So Stay tuned. Hey, lady, it's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self help advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. What's meant for me will never miss me. I don't have to chase.